Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items to take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, hopefully improve your customer experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO here at Expedia Interaction Marketing. Expedia is a 600-seat call center outsourcer located here in the uh, good old United States in northwestern Pennsylvania. How is everybody doing? It's good to be back from, from Las Vegas. Had an unbelievable week uh, at, at Call and Contact Center Expo. I, I really enjoyed what they did. We're going to talk a little bit about that. If anybody, again, we're, we're, we're live here on TikTok. We are live on LinkedIn. So if, if anyone has any questions whatsoever, I want to talk to you about the state of AI in the contact center. I want to talk about the expo in general. Uh, some of the things that I learned, some of the, the, the cool, I guess, tools that are out there that I, that I did see that, that really, really did impress me. But, you know, first of all, it was just really good to see a lot of old friends um, in, the, in the contact center space that we talk a lot on LinkedIn, we talk on, on video, but you know, it's, there's something about being able to, again, we're getting back to that, that normal groove and COVID is like something we're not even really thinking about anymore. So that's, that was really cool. Let's talk about the expo in general. And I have been extremely critical on, you know, ICMI on call center week for what I thought were money grabs, right? I think that what they're charging is insane. Um, I've seen people and I'm not going to name any names, but there have been really good friends of mine that have had booths or sponsorships at CCW. Uh, one told me we have had a booth for the last 17 years and they're not doing it this year. Um, just because the prices are so insane, you know, it's, it's in that 15 to 20 grand to, to get a booth. Um, if you want anything cool, I mean, you're, you can get easily into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Any type of sponsorship is just through the roof to just to go, right? For me to go is thousands of dollars just to get a ticket to get in. So, you know, it it, be, it became a very almost difficult uh, deal for anyone who is a smaller company, anybody who is is trying to, to kind of break into the, the space or anybody who just wanted to go and see what was there made it almost impossible um, unless you were a larger company to go. So I think they've lost their way. You guys have heard me talk about that. So enter Call and Contact Center Expo, which I'll be honest, I didn't hear about until about six months ago. So they're a UK company. Um, I guess they did this last year. I did not know about it. So this was the first year that that they really have, I think, really done it up. 
what they did is they flooded the market with tickets, free tickets. There's some pluses and minuses to that when in, in talking to people because you know some people thought that you know maybe they did that a little bit too much, but f- overall for me, I thought that that was a good way anybody could go, right? If you if you could get a ticket, you could get to Vegas. You know, you could go and you could walk the floor. The other cool thing is not only did you get to walk the floor, but unlike CCW and ICMI that has you know might have a couple floors and different rooms that you had to that you go to to hear a speaker. All of the speakers were on the expo floor. So they had different stages set up, you know, all around the expo floor, which I thought was cool. And if I was a vendor that had a booth, I did not, I did not have a booth. I was just walking with my camera and doing a ton of interviews and that stuff, which anybody who follows me, make sure that you check some of the stuff out on LinkedIn. In the next couple of weeks, I'll be kind of more focusing on some of those videos on some of the, the highlights of them. But I think having everything all together was 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 really cool as well. And obviously there that's part of the cost savings and I'm totally fine with that. Some things they did not have which I'm totally fine with. They did not really have food that was out there and I think that's how you kept the cost down. I think that's a good model. I think don't have the the extravagance of the food and all that. They had things that you could go buy. Totally fine with that because again, I think I'd rather do that than pay 2 grand to to show up and and have a cold sandwich. So I was okay with that as well. I mean, not that anybody's asking, but you know, from my perspective, I thought that that was a, a good, a right model. Some things I did not like is is that we're still we're still all vendor dread, vendor led with everything. There's every talk, or for the majority of all the talks, they were all sales pitches, um, veiled as as you know, overall contact center helping helping individuals um, on on different topics, which. All they really were was, this is our use case for our product and how we help solve this problem with what we're doing from a technology standpoint. So there's still not a place, there's still not a conference out there. And again, maybe it's, I think it probably would be, I guess it's a little bit more difficult. I'm sorry, I can't can't even speak right now. I'm trying to get those words out. For the supervisor, for the call center manager, for that person looking to improve, um, even for the the technology person who's looking to do other things in their contact center, you know, ten ways to disrupt your call center using technology, ten ways to do uh, to, to to improve your coaching, um, how to do QA better, how do we program chatbots better, you know, th- those types of things I think are still really lacking in the industry, and it's it's one of the main reasons why we stink at service overall. Right. And, and saying that, like we see our customer service numbers, customer experience, um, NPS numbers as an industry and, and customer experience continue to go down, even though technology gets better and better and better. Why? Because we, we do focus on the wrong things, right? We're focusing on the, the, the dollar and I get it, right? We're all here to make a, make a dollar, but that is the reason. And until we, we have a, and again, I'm not saying that's the only reason and that will be the panacea for everything. But when we do have a conference that will focus on the end user more, that will focus on how to improve contact centers, the amount of people that will go to that will be insane. Uh, I think, you know, we are so focused on the technology piece because that is the easy dollar to get in that we forget why we're doing this. And, and that's where I think people have, have lost the, the touch. But overall, I thought this was way better. Um, I thought the the people that were there, all the people that I spoke to that did sponsor or ha- or had a booth, they were very they were pretty pleased with it. 
you know, I know that there was some words that there were six to 7,000 people going to be there. I don't know if it hit that number, but there were definitely thousands um, that were there. So overall, really, really, really good show. You know, as I've said, I, we are considering sponsoring something, you know, for the, uh, for the Miami show that, that happens, you know, this September. So again, with boost right around 4,500 bucks, four grand, that's way better than 30 grand or 20 grand or 15 grand that, that CCW and I see my at. So having talked about that, let's talk more about some of the things that I saw where we are from a technology standpoint, from my perspective. And again, this is just one person's perspective. Hopefully I can give a little bit of insights. I had so many great conversations. So my role or what I wanted to do at the show was I just walked to the floor and I spoke to as many people as I possibly could. I did as many interviews as I possibly could. So many companies I've I've never heard of and people that I met, it was really cool to do. And, you know, getting a, a real kind of feel for for what is out there, what type of technology is there. And and I'll be honest, it's it's a lot of the same. Uh, there's very little differentiation in the space. It is muddled. I think that was the word. If there's so many interviews that I did that I did post on LinkedIn. But there, there's one interview with with Chris Crosby, who you know we we go back and forth on LinkedIn, and I think you know 90% of the things we agree on, and then we can have we have some back and forth on 10% of, of where we are from an AI standpoint and, and technology. You know, him and I had a really cool, and it was mostly just me listening to him, um, a, a, like a 10 minute conversation on kind of where we are with AI in the context center, how quickly things are coming, how is adoption meeting. Uh, the sales aspect of it. Look at looking at all the the AI booths and the 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 people that were there, and gave a realistic approach to where we're at. And and I, I think we are totally aligned. Him and I are totally aligned with with what we're seeing. Right. So number one, everything is vendor led right now. And I think I love he used that phrase. And I think that that is the the proper thing. Right. ChatGPT came out. Everybody is rushing um, to to get some type of AI tool out there. I'm not kidding you. I went to at least 20 to 25 different booths. I made sure that they said AI on the thing. And I asked them like, what is, what is AI? Like, what is AI to you? And there was a huge struggle to answer that question, right? I mean, you get the same kind of token responses, you know, machine learning. And I'm like, well, does your product actually kind of learn? Does it get, you know, you know, how, how are you kind of talking about AI, you know, for, from that perspective? And And for most of this, it's just really kind of high speed computing that's processing data. And I think there's a fine line between what we're calling AI and what organizations are calling AI and what it really is. Um, and, and, and I think that, again, there's some, there's a lot of muddling that, that comes to what everybody's offering from an analytic standpoint, only three or four different types of companies that were there, um, which kind of surprised me, but everyone is, is offering some type of, on conversational chatbot, which was obviously the the driver, and that that's what everybody kind of sees as or thinks what AI is, right? When they're not realizing all the power to like behind the scenes, and we've talked about that on the show many, many, many a time, right? So I think until us and people that are listening to this podcast start to talk to some of these companies about what are true use cases and needs. We all know the the wheelhouse easy ones about talking about maybe analytics and routing and you know looking at um, agent assist and, and those types of, of tools, 
right? How do you differentiate there? And, and nobody really is. They're, they're kind of continuing to layer on those same type of things. So, you know, there's so many things that, you know, us as an, and I'm going to do a, a one next week. So I don't want to spoil and kind of talk about that here. But some of the things that I'd love to see from a, from an AI perspective that I have not seen, right? That I think could really, you know, help and, and be, be more end user led, right? To say, hey, we need these type of tools. I would purchase this. The other thing that I, I totally agree with, and, I, and I've had this conversation with the value agent guys who came on the podcast. Chris and I had that conversation. Uh, Mark Bernstein from Balta, we've had this conversation, is the amount of data that we're getting now or you can get is going to freak people out, right? So adoption for AI in the contact center, let, let's talk about QA, right? Maybe you do two to three to, if you're great, 4% of all of your calls, you're scoring uh, from a QA standpoint, coaching your reps, doing all that. Now with 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 AI driven QA, right? You can have one hundred percent of all of your calls closely scored, but in in the in the next year or two, they're going to literally be able to be scored with an actual number, and that's great. So what do we do about that? <laughs> when we have one hundred percent of our calls scored, do you just take the bottom ten percent and you go coach those? Um, do you look at specific types of of calls that came in and do those? Do you uh, look at the good ones and, and take percent like? And, and the answer is, I think all of the above. But we need to rethink right how the contact center is going to operate when it comes to all of this data that is actually going to be coming in. Right? I just talked about in, in the video that that I'm about to post here after this is. You know, we might have our supervisors no longer be real supervisors looking at a dashboard talking about agents, but be analysts, right? Because 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 AI may may do a lot of that, especially from the QA perspective, or you're looking at WFO and 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 how reps are being scheduled and 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 all of the the analytics and all of the the predictive analysis that comes into queues, right? To to move to move reps in and out of queues, which we can do now, but it's going to get really really good, you know, as we're moving forward. So there needs to be a a thought process behind this because the speed of AI is not matching the speed of adoption of of what we're thinking about doing. Because when people really realize the impact of this and not the shiny little tool that's in the box, and listen, I'm thinking this through too. Like I don't have the answers for this, but that was the, the one of the biggest takeaways I think I I took from from talking to everybody is everybody has a tool. Right. Everybody says, hey, you can do this with it. But then how do you implement it? You know, how do you change how you're how you're operating and how you've been operating for 10 to 15 years? Now you got to do it. I'm not saying you know, put your head in the sand and don't do it. But no one's really thinking that through from from even a product standpoint, right? Giving a, a full kind of roadmap to get to that point. And so people are going to get frustrated, right? And this happens all the time, right? With any type of early adoption into things. They're going to get this 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 tool. They're going to get something that's really cool. They're going to realize that they don't have the skill set to maybe utilize it. They're not utilizing it to the full extent because they might need to, you know, think through the programmatic aspect of it. I think that there's going to be a lot of frustration when it comes to to, to that type of of thing that's that's going to happen. Same things happening with with AI chatbots, right? We talk about that, and, and again, I've talked about that on the podcast. There are going to be a couple companies that are going to go all in and they're going all in right now and they're going to fail miserably because the technology isn't there to the full extent. Um, they're, they're going to realize that some people won't even want to deal with that. They're going to want to talk to a human and in that interaction, they're not going to have set up. There's going to be a lot of frustration when it comes to 
that early adoption as well. So there's a lot to think about here. It's not just the AI, it's the human aspect, it's the operational aspect, it's the HR aspect, right? All of these different KPIs that we need to think through again. It's not happening, right? It's not happening at this point. And it's going to be forced on people, I think, as as we go. But the, the companies that from an AI perspective that, that really think this stuff through and and are start to listen more to to customers and listen to people in the industry about the things that they need, I think can be a huge impact and in, in help into to what we're doing. The other aspect, this I, I've been thinking about for a while and I've talked a little bit about this is the CCAST players are coming with all of these tools, right? So, you know, you had, I, I don't know, I'm just going to make up a number, 150 or 180 different, maybe maybe it's way more than, I don't know, 150 or 180 different uh, booths, right, that were set up. And let's say that there's literally 100 of them, 150 of them talking about some type of AI product that they have. How many of these guys are going to be around next year? How many of these guys are going to be around when in contact and, or nice CX1 now, um, Genesis, 5.9, which they're all coming out with all of their AI infused tools, right? All of this stuff is just going to be part of the product of what you're buying from your platform, right? So why do I need to go out and purchase some third party? And I'm going to probably tick off a ton of my friends here by saying that. But I mean, honestly, that's this is the honest truth. The, the, these CCAS players, they're going to end up either purchasing some of these companies to consolidate or they're going to have, like I'm sure CX1, maybe they they purchase some things, but they have the programmatic power right, to figure this stuff out and to infuse it right into their platform. And I think that that's going to be a huge impact into how many of these AI thing, AI companies that we see you know, moving forward that have the same non-differentiated, same type of tools that, that everybody else has. ChatGPT has just come so fast that we just have seen organizations say, I got a ton of money. Maybe I got a bunch of, of private equity or venture capital money that I have. Um, we got to go get a product out to the market right now. And this is kind of, I did a little like AI manifesto on my LinkedIn you know, as I was kind of flying back on, on the plane from Vegas. And it, it, it does. It seems like so many of these companies, and this kind of circles back to what I, I said at the beginning as well, are you saying the word AI or getting some type of AI product that they're calling AI out there because their competitors are doing it? They're feeling like if we don't do it, we're going to fall behind them, at least from a branding standpoint. And again, we're rushing before we're walking in a lot of these instances. And that's not to say there's not some awesome, awesome technology that's out there. Right, because they're they're really yeah no, and I agree. And there's um, on TikTok here, I agree. Nice, nice. We'll just build this, and I'm on the uh, nice CX one their their executive council for their their customer executive council, and so the cool thing about that is we get to see, you know, all this you know technology they get to talk to us about first. We get to try to try it in our contact centers first, which has been really cool, you know, kind of added bonus, uh, you know, for my clients, and. I agree. The reason I chose Nice as well, not to totally get off topic here, but just again replying to this this TikTok um, response, is because everything was infused, right? I don't have to go get third party stuff, and you know that's a that's the really cool piece of of that. But you're going to see all of them do it, right? 
I I know all of the conversations that are happening with all of the CCAST players, the the Genesis and Five Nines and the Talk Desks and the U Jets and all of those guys, you know, are surrounded by you know w- what tools do we, you know, they've been infusing AI in all of their back end, right? WFO, speech analytics, all that stuff, right? The chatbot piece is now becoming a huge piece, right? Agent Assist is now becoming a huge piece. Um, you know, the other thing that a lot of them are doing is, is kind of the notes, right? So your memos at the end, no more, no more having an agent take time to put a memo into a CRM because it's taking the transcript of that call, making a very short paragraph of about what happened on that call and auto memoing. And again, we've had some auto memoing type things, but this is to a different level. And that's huge, right? From an efficiency standpoint. I mean, imagine you have 10,000 agents that take a minute of after call work you know, on the minimum to then memo a call and you get rid of that minute for every single 10,000 agents, that's huge savings, right? And that's, that's, that's a cool use case. That's an awesome AI use case. That's a chat GPT, basically taking that, putting it in there. Love that stuff, right? So I think that there are some, some really cool, unique tools like that, that are coming out and to be honest, that are out in the market right now um, that, that can be utilized for, for a ton of efficiency type things. For a bottom line call center person, right, who has a credit union, who has a, a little retail place that, that they've done, but that has maybe, I don't say little, but may say they have 10, 15 agents. How is this going to affect their life, right? Now, maybe they just say, hey, we're going to wait and we're just going to do everything with, with a chat bot, right? Maybe. But I don't think that there, there's, there's the adoption standpoint of this is just so scary. And I don't know if scary is the right word because no one's really talking it through or talking about it. And for me, for BPO, again, and you guys have heard me talk about this, there's two things that I have to do for me to infuse any type of technology. Number one, I have to, it has to be able to provide massive value for my client or my end client or my client's customers. And number two, it has to have an ROI for me. I mean, if we are just smashing every single KPI that a client wants, right? We are 80% service level. Handle time is exactly where they want it. Um, After call work is perfect. If we have all that, they are extremely happy. We are providing them with value within that. Maybe we're beating some of those numbers. I mean, logically, there's no reason that I would go out and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for another tool to maybe knock down four seconds off of all that stuff. And to be honest, I don't think my client would want that either. Right, because then I would probably raise prices for them to get four seconds of efficiency. So, from a BPO standpoint, that's a whole nother conversation, right? But there's, there's again, there's that disconnect with what are we really getting? I've talked to so many organizations. I'm going. I know this is a little bit of a, a, a rant here, and and again, you guys have heard me talk about this before. Is so many organizations focus their tool that they're doing for the contact center on efficiency only. And you're going to be more efficient and your handle time will go down. And that's great for a lot of internal call centers, but a lot of people don't understand the BPO space. And while I want to be, I want to lower my headcount, I'm totally fine with lowering headcount, right? If we have 25 agents and we can be more efficient and we can lower that to, to 12 agents, I'm fine with that because we're helping that client succeed in their business model. But we, but we have to make sure that it is is a viable product for me that I can't spend a hundred grand, right? And then get get these little bit of efficiencies that are here. 
and I haven't really found anything that's that's going to you know revolutionize you know everything that we're doing with 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 some of the new technologies out there anyway. So. So again, that's kind of what I have for you guys today. I just wanted to give an overview. Again, thought they did a good job. I thought the show was good. It was great to see so many people. You know, the, the AI thing is 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 here. Amazing technologies that are out there. I would just say be careful at this second. You know, I, I want to see what the CCast guys do first before I'm going to go and, and and do any type of, of third party stuff. Um, now that's not to say that you shouldn't do some analytics stuff. Now, if you don't like the analytics, yeah, that's not to say that you shouldn't do agent assess. I think those kind of core, like blue chip type of technologies, they're they're going to be there um, with or without the CCAS. But you know, some of these other kind of fringe, cooler things, and, and even looking at at things that are that are on the back end from from analytics from WFO, those kind of things, uh, I, I'm I'm very interested in just seeing what CCAS players are doing because I think. You know, for very little amount of cost that I would have to roll or pass on to my customers, I can get the same bang for my buck for that. Again, take that for what it's worth. If you're looking to move from from the a prem based solution or you want a different CCAS solution, now's a great time, right? Because I think that you're going to be able to get a lot a lot of cost savings and and, and so many extra added on tools um, for it as well. So again, before I ramble and continue to this ramble. There's just so many things that, that really excited me that are all popping in my head on my notes. I think I hit everything. Um, again, if you guys have any questions for me, you know, I'll, I'll hang on for a couple minute or two. A couple things popped up on LinkedIn, but I think I kind of answered them throughout the deal. If there's anything else that you guys you know have, make sure that you hit me up on on LinkedIn. Hit me up on TikTok. I'm more than happy to kind of answer anything or or help in any possible way that I can. But other than that, guys, that's gonna wrap it up for a Monday. Uh, thank you, everyone who joined. Um, it's really cool to see so many people on on TikTok. I love I love TikTok. I love you guys. You guys have been absolutely amazing. And then the, the support for the videos now, every video is you know in the thousands of, of views. So you know, thank you guys. Please follow if you're if you're not even if you're on LinkedIn. Hit me up on on TikTok and, and, and shoot a follow. Um, some different videos and some different type of content that that I'm throwing out on there too. So. Again, thank you guys very much. Hopefully that gives you a little bit of value or at least gives you something to think about when it comes to to where we are with AI. Um, and I'll talk to uh, talk to everybody next week.